everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. Podway. So in this podcast, we always talk about things about musical theaters and plays, even though we only talk about musicals so far. So far. <laughs> but in today's episode, we'll be talking about a very special one and it's Twisted. Right. Um, so I definitely agree. It's a very special one. This is our very second, not first, Star Kid production musical. And I'm super duper excited um, to cover it. So first, we'll just give a brief synopsis. So Twisted is essentially Aladdin, which is what we covered last week. But um, this time we're giving it the wicked treatment. So Jafar in this time is a well-meaning vizier who tries to save a dying corrupt kingdom from war and famine and usher it to a new golden age. So what's your experience with Twisted like? Zero. Zero. So before you mention it, I never knew this exists. And once you mention it, I'm like, of course, it's from the same team that did a very Potter musical. Why is it an of course? I'm curious. I don't know. It just seems to me that this sort of parody would be something that they're up for doing. So it didn't surprise me, but I was honestly not really having my high expectation based on my previous experience <laughs> with a very Potter musical. I mean, obviously, it was fun in a way because it was so low budget, but music wise, it was not to my liking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I still appreciate it. I just don't think I'll go back to watch it a lot on my own. So I kind of came into this kind of with pretty much very minimum expectation and just coming out of Aladdin I'm like okay I want to see what you guys do to the story like I'm curious to see what sort of changes you'll make to make Jafar the good guy or like to tell a different side of the story um, based on the Aladdin story that we are also familiar with wait did you go into it blind or did I tell you that like it's going to be wicked but with Aladdin you did tell me that. Okay, okay. That's okay. why I, I was, was curious like, to see. Oh, you already had expectations for it. Interesting. <laughs> no, okay. not at all. Yeah, and I think you suggested that we do this just after Aladdin it was a brilliant idea. So thank, thank you for doing you. that. <laughs> I love having my genius recognized. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I think I've been pushing to do like Twisted a few times. <laughs> and uh, this time we just stuck because uh, we were already doing Aladdin. So I managed to make you watch it, I guess. <laughs> Makes um, sense. Yes, even though we're swinging the deal for you in the next episode. Um, but yes, so for me, I watched Twisted before, obviously. I think in the Star Kids fandom, um, I guess we can put it. I feel like it's very cringe to say fandom in 2021, but okay. Why? I don't know. I, I agree, I agree. But I feel like people, when people see it or people read it, it's, immediately like sending them to like 2012 tumblr so um yeah in the star kids fandom it's a very high up and highly regarded musical um it's usually like within the first like the top three of the star kids musical the people you like usually like and um clearly it's very beloved and i watched it maybe two or three times before um this episode and then i watched it twice for this episode wow yeah i mean you know, this musical is just chock full of a lot of like references and a lot of jokes that um, might get a little bit over your head in the first watch or the second watch or if you're just passively watching it. And I feel like every time you do watch it, you understand another joke or another joke. Or if you're very invested, for example, in Wicked or if you're very invested in Disney in general, you'd get a lot more out of it. 
so yeah this is this kind of musical personally um i really 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 enjoyed it when i first watched it so obviously i watched it after a very potter musical a very potter musical was my introduction to star kid um and i thought it was brilliantly done then and i think my opinion of it only grew with time not to give away my final thoughts way before but uh yes so um i did watch it before i have a very good familiarity with it and i'm excited to hear claire's first thoughts about this in terms of the music itself, so you did mention that it, it is a bigger, more expensive production than they had for a very Potter musical, which is true. Um, fun fact, if I'm not mistaken, the entire musical budget is from Kickstarter. So I think they had a budget of like less than 50K, like 35K or something. And they managed to raise like 100 and something K. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you're considering it by a normal Broadway production, it's peanuts, it's nothing, but they really put all the money to good use. So, um, yeah. Investment. Right. Smart investment. I feel like because (laughs) they already know how to work with like no budget whatsoever, um, having a budget, they'll know how to use it in a very smart way. All right, so I guess with this, we can go into the songs proper. So the first song is Dream a Little Harder. And the story begins with Scheherazade narrating the plot. Um, So she describes like the Magic Kingdom, the story that takes place there. And it's kind of like two ideals. So the Magic Kingdom has two ideas ideals known as the two Ds, duty and devotion. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, Sorry, see, already, just, already jokes, literally from the get-go. This is like the first minute of the show, just for people who are curious. They're already laying like, all the inspirations that they've, like, that they've had for like Twisted, and I love it. Um, so yeah, the two Ds are duty and devotion, and a result of these ideas, the kingdom had two glorious golden ages. But after the second golden age, the dark time came, and that's as a result of the kingdom falling to the hand of an evil sultan. Um, Jafar, who the story follows, tries to bring about the third golden age and the kingdom to new prosperity. And after that introduction, we cut to Jafar reflecting on the kingdom's desolate state, um, and his goal is improving the lives of the citizen. Um, However, the citizens are really antagonistic to Jafar and openly hate him, despite him doing his best to be really nice to them. So um, that is pretty much the opening number. What do you think of it? I think it's a really good opening number. All right. I think it's so funny how they included so many stories and things from other Disney movies or like other Disney stories. Mm -hmm. And if you pay attention to the music, there are just so many references, intentional or not. I'm pretty sure it's intentional. Oh, but, (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, it has a lot of Easter eggs in that sense. And I enjoy it. I'm usually a pretty serious person in terms of like, my standards for a good story and usually I prefer tragedies so things that are more serious Mm -hmm. but I do enjoy like a more light-hearted theme um story from time to time and this definitely hit me in the right spot I feel like like a lot of the humor they use in this opening number it just it just hits me (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I can relate to that I think just the fact that how all the townspeople seem to hate him so much and they come up with so many ways to try to like despise him and they're like, oh, Jafar will meet a violent end and they kind of list out all the villains from other Disney yes. stories and how they died. I and I was like, I, I see that. I see you guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
so yeah, I enjoy it in that aspect. Obviously, coming right off from Aladdin, I mm. have very minimum feelings toward Jafar as a character. Mm-hmm. So at this point of the story, the fact that they're so mean to him is just funny to me. But I don't feel too much about it yet. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I don't like seeing other people bully another person. But like this. Is intentionally made to be so funny that I definitely enjoy it a lot. So yeah, what do you well, think? Boy, am I glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so personally, I enjoy this opening number tremendously. So um, obviously, the Magic Kingdom is like Disney, and the two Golden Ages are like you know also what Disney experienced um, and the entire musical number, as you mentioned, is full of Disney references. So, for example, during Scheherazade's narration in the very beginning, there is a musical accompaniment, though she doesn't like actually sing, it's just like in the background. And the musical accompaniment is very, very similar to the one when um, the Beast narrates his own story in Beauty and the Beast. And obviously the entirety of Dream a Little Harder is heavily inspired by Beauty and the Beast, like the opening opening number, Mm -hmm. Bell. So much so that you see like the literal character. So like the townspeople, they have like, you know, the baker. Um, you have like literal um, lyrics from there. When she, like Belle was like, I need six eggs, which is something that you hear from Belle. And you have like the bookshop uh, keeper who like gives Jafar a book and stuff like that. So it's really, really entertaining to watch if you're a Disney fan. Also, it's, it's a small thing before I go into like a big comment of mine. Um, Yago was included, even though he didn't really have like any sentience or anything important to the plot. I appreciate him being included, not as like a henchman, though I understand why they converted in the Broadway version of Aladdin. I just really enjoyed his presence there. And they also include Abu, which is great. So love that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, I guess, it probably the musical as a whole. So it will include some more spoilers towards like what's going to happen. So the Magic Kingdom is Disney and the two golden ages are obviously the golden age and the renaissance. So I guess if it is the golden age and the renaissance, the third Disney golden age that is described or going to be described in the musical is still unknown because I don't know about you, but I think the revival era, which is like where we had Frozen, Tangled Mono, all that kind of stuff. I don't think it is as good as either the Renaissance or the original. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, is this something that is supposed to happen for us in the future? Or is this something that they think is already happening? Like, do they think that the third golden age is happening because this came around the same time as like Frozen? Like, do they think it's efficient? Because if that is the case, I'd feel a little bit concerned. (laughs) Um, But I had a different theory. I think it works a lot better if the first two golden ages are actually the golden and the silver age from Disney. So like, you know, um, you have Snow White and um, you have like Cinderella and all that kind of stuff. And then like the second, the silver age, what does it have? I think the silver age has like, uh sleeping beauty and stuff so it still has like really really good movies it's just not called the golden age and people remember Mm -hmm. it a little bit less and then the third golden age is the renaissance so obviously this is wrong like this is not what they're referring to but i think it works better and then if you consider it that way the third golden age already happened during the third golden age disney didn't acquire pixar 
but it did have like the distribution deal. So a lot of the earlier Pixar movies that were distributed by Disney could be considered as part of the canon. Um, and I feel like it would really, really work well because the evil sultan would be like Michael Eisner, who is the CEO of Disney. And Jafar is going to be Jeffrey Katzenberg. And a lot of people don't like Jeffrey Katzenberg, which I understand. But I think it makes a lot more sense considering like Twisted takes a Shrek approach to Disney. So like they satirize everything that Disney is about and they do it very, very well. And um, Jeffrey Katzenberg like literally did his big fuck you to Disney through Shrek. <laughs> um, so I think it would work really, really well if that is the case rather than like, you know, because if it is, okay, I, I know I'm rumbling, but if it is the golden age and the Renaissance and the third age is still unknown, it means that the evil Sultan is still Michael Eisner. Makes sense. But, you know, the next Sultan, which is Jasmine here, is going to be Eigner. And Eigner didn't do... Sorry, Eigner. Bob Eiger. Um, and I I don't think he's like an incapable CEO. He obviously is very, very capable. And during his ten- tenure, like Disney made a whole lot of money. But I feel like the reputation of Disney really shattered during his like run of like as Disney CEO. So like the T- 2D department, which is a huge part of this musical, is very non-existent almost like we don't get any more 2d movies apart from like princess and the frog which was during the revival era um and also the main thing that is making disney money is like marvel right now and mm-hmm. um star wars and also bob Iger is no longer the disney ceo like he stepped down i think either this year or last year so it couldn't possibly be him that is making the third golden age. So I just really want to shift things slightly, just ever so slightly, and make it a golden ill silver age as what they're talking about in the Renaissance is the third golden age, rather than having the golden age in the Renaissance and then an unknown third golden age. Because otherwise it makes no sense. I don't know if what I said made any sense to anybody or if you followed it, Claire, but it just bothered me slightly. I mean... From where I can see it, you definitely think about this hard and very seriously. I think you take this more seriously than I do. No. In that sense, I appreciate that you're the one having all the thoughts about that connection to like what happens to Disney in the real world. So I appreciate that. Maybe some of the audience um, or whoever is listening to this will also have some thoughts. And you guys are welcome to share them. Please, well. please. It's, it's, it, I said it bothered me slightly it bothers me immensely because I do not think I did not think the revival the revival era is worthy of being called the third golden age while the renaissance is obviously like the best Disney age in my opinion um so yeah and I don't think Bob Iger is as good of a CEO or made like amazing things for the 2D division of Disney so um yeah please debate with me if you'd like or um just say how much I'm right I always love hearing that um I and I always appreciate it so uh apart from that I also think that there are a lot of references to Wicked um which is another big inspiration for the musical obviously and yeah I I really like all the tropes they're talking about like I think the fact that the villains often die by like falling from high places that you mentioned gold amazing love that um so yeah very very strong opening number and i think it does a good job of illustrating you know what the kingdom is like and what people think of jafar and what his status within the kingdom is all right so after gushing about that for like 10 minutes um 
all good all good thank you let's go to the next one which is i steal everything so um the captain of the royal guard enters and tells jafar that a lot of men died today in the chase after aladdin and um the captain of the guard blames jafar for um not flex flexing fixing the socioeconomic inequalities he he blames him for everything yeah i love that i love the interactions i know such so good funny. interactions i feel like they're really good like smaller character who make like an amazing amazing experience watching it because of the interaction with each other exactly uh, so yeah uh, an important prince from the land of pixar is arriving because <laughs> sorry i can't <laughs> it's brilliant it's brilliant okay <laughs> And if you call your land Pixar, there is no way you're not going to think about real world stuff. Like That's true. So it's, he's arriving because the trade agreement between the lands expired. Um, and Jafar came to welcome him to ensure his time in the Magic Kingdom goes well and will renew the trade agreement. Um, so the captain informs him that Aladdin humiliated the prince publicly and Jafar asks the captain to find Aladdin. So they both promptly live after that the stage and Aladdin enters to introduce himself so we find out he's like a horrible person who steals everything is a huge flirt he's down with the murder and is devoid of you know basic compassion and humanity um and yeah that's our introduction to Aladdin what do you think I think it's a very interesting twist to his character for sure um the genius of the show they make a few key changes that just completely fit um how we view everything will still kind of keep everything else very similar to the original show, which I really, really love. This version of Aladdin is like a total prick. And (laughs) I have to say that he did such a good job acting that out. And everything about the song is just so comical in the way that reminds you of the song One Jump Ahead, Mm -hmm. but with a more jerk vibe to it. (laughs) So for example, in one line, he says, "Um, I'm not that picky. I'll steal like whatever I can or something like that. Right. And then right after that, he's like, oh, gross. This bread has raisins in it. And then he like <laughs> death threatened the, the person who sells the bread and be like, don't put the raisins in it anymore. I absolutely hate and love him at the same time, which is kind of like a weird feeling towards a character. But I think it is understandable, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's so lovely in a way that is funny. And then he's making such a, great jerk version of Aladdin but at the same time he's such a not likable character because he's so mean and he's treating everyone else so unfairly too so mm-hmm. I'm kind of torn between of this um but I really enjoy it I enjoy this performance I think his vocal is actually quite nice too and he just looks totally like a prick in this song and 100%. I really enjoy that aspect yeah, it definitely satirizes like one jump ahead. So I don't know if I'm like especially stupid, but in the original song, like in one jump ahead, it says, I steal only what I can't afford and that's everything. And I'm assuming like for the original one, oh, you know, and because I only steal what I can't afford, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but, and maybe I misunderstood, you know, what the original is. But in here, they twist it into I steal everything that like that I can't afford and that's everything into I steal everything because I can't afford anything so I would literally just steal anything which is the entirety of the like song premise um and I thought it was super clever and I love all the Disney references like oh you know um when Jafar was talking to the captain of the guard the captain of the guard he's like he's always one jump ahead yeah Uh, yeah 
Um, and also, okay, so I really like the Disney movie Aristocats. Um, and the captain of the guard again says, why do you even bother visiting us normal folks? You're aristocrat instead of aristocrat. Love that. Um, <laughs> so I really enjoy this, this number two. Um, I think pretty much the same as you. So because Aladdin is so charismatic in here, just like his normal counterpart is so easy to love, hate him. So obviously I hate everything he does and who he is the person because he's really entertaining to watch. And I love watching people who are so hateable but are entertaining to watch. So the song is great <laughs> in summary. Uh, I don't have anything bad to say about it. Um, and I guess one last thing that I had to ask you before we move on um, to the next one. So obviously you didn't know anything about Aladdin or how they would twist it. Is this what you had in mind? <laughs> I kind of thought so. Mm-hmm. Because to be honest, even in the original story, like the fact that he's a thief is already quite controversial at some level. So I expect them to... do something about that and uh but I just didn't know that he will be such a prick in terms of like sleeping around and we see like a girl coming to him pregnant and be like this is your baby you have to marry me otherwise my dad's gonna be mad at me for dishonoring the family and then he completely forgot her name and later on like when he meets Jasmine he only thinks about sex that sort of stuff so mm-hmm. I didn't expect that side of him but I can definitely see what they would do to him Um, as a character because that the fact that he is a thief in the mm-hmm. original story did you notice that like after he forgot her name or calls her by the wrong name he tries to steal her purse i did not really <laughs> yes <laughs> um, i loved that it was like oh my god that is such a deplorable behavior and i can totally see him doing it and he's not even really apologetic <laughs> um yeah so i love that oh, that's part. funny yeah Um, all right, so the next one is going to be a combination of three songs. So Sands of Time, which is really a song let, The Golden Rule, and The Golden Rule, Evil Reprise. Wait, what happened to Everything and More? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. Thank you. <laughs> so the next one is actually Everything and More. <laughs> so um, Jafar is hoping the, princess, uh, the prince's meeting with Jasmine will go... Well, actually... Her name in here is the princess. It's not Jasmine. I'm going to call her Jasmine, but they couldn't for copyright reasons. Yeah, so her name... But they can call, wait, but they can call Aladdin Aladdin? Yes. So Aladdin and Jafar were not copyrighted. I'm assuming Genie was copyrighted because they call him a jean, which is actually what, you know, the creature or the mythological, like, entity is called. Um, so I don't copyrighted? Know. How? Okay. I'm assuming. Okay. I'm assuming because, like... Genie is the name and Jean is the actual creature. But did you know that they tried to copyright Loki and Loki? I did not know that. Yeah. And Loki is like, you know, a god. So <laughs> I feel like no. Disney is just going to go ham with copywriting in general. Okay. I'm not surprised. I'm only surprised that they're not going with Aladdin and Jafar. Um, so yeah, her official name is the princess here. I'm going to call her Jasmine for simplicity's sake because she's obviously Jasmine. So um, Yeah, Jafar is really hoping the meeting will go smoothly with Jasmine, but as we know, it doesn't. And Jasmine um, seeked her tiger, Raja, at the prince. So Raja and, um, like, Raja ate his pants, essentially, <laughs> um, to reveal the princess 
to the prince's bottom and the prince stormed out vowing to not only renew the agreement with the ki- not renew the agreement with the kingdom but also begin a war between the kingdoms um so yeah so prince ahmed leaves and jasmine enters to complain about her pampered life and longing for more humble circumstances but with money um which i thought is essentially rent the musical in a single song um <laughs> It's actually quite a brilliant way to put it. (laughs) Um, Another thing. So for Aladdin, I don't know why, but they changed the prince's name from Prince Ahmed to Prince Abdullah Mm -hmm. for the musical like version. And I have no idea why they did that. I was thinking about while I was watching it like the like last week. And I was like, why on earth would they do that? Is Ahmed copyrighted? (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) So, yeah. What do you think? Okay, I'm going to be very honest. I don't like her vocal very I much. I knew you'd say that. I knew, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> Why did I know you'd say that? <laughs> you know me well. You know me well. I think the lyrics are interesting and they're sarcastic, which is the total point of the song. And I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But just musically, it's not something to my liking entirely because of the vocals not really meeting my standards. Mm-hmm. I think... The fact that she outlines all the first four problems is just so funny. <laughs> like the fact that she was just like, oh, I'm cold. And then somebody like her maidens or something um, like brings her a silk. Yes. Uh, yeah. And she was like, no, I'm not going to wear that. It comes from like the, what was it? Like a factory. A sweatshop. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, and then her maiden says, but I work there. And then Jasmine replies saying that not supporting the corrupt system. Yes. And this is your problem. And I'm like, whoa, this reminds me of so much of like what's happening. Me too. (laughs) I thought the same thing. I just thought it was so funny, but at the same time, it's so true, you know? It's Mm -hmm. sarcastic in a way that it it hurts even. Mm -hmm. So like it pokes a little bit while you're laughing at the same time. And I think that's entire, like the whole point of the song and they really do it in a super brilliant way. And I like that. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, you guys can't understand what it feels like to not be free. Well, she was talking to her slaves and I'm like, okay, (laughs) all right. I see you. I see you. It's like, yes. you know, that um queen from France, you're like, oh, if you're hungry, that's just eat bread. Marie Antoinette. Yes, exactly. She didn't even say that, by the way. I know, but it's like a famous line. I know. <laughs> um, so it gives me that sort of vibe for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Speaking of like the slave that I guess like, oh, I was spinning it in your private the, like sweatshop um, princess. Uh, that actress, she played Jeannie um in the very potter musical and she is so comedic gold like i love everything that she played in here specifically so she like played Belle, for example in the first song and she plays like the slave here and she's gonna play ursula later on so much talent i, I couldn't so... recognize her you could not no oh my god i did not know that okay right wow transforms totally different but okay. right wow. right the talent the talent and her jokes always land so so well like in general everybody does like has impeccable comedic 
timing and presence um and especially jasmine actually so one of the like one of my notes for this is like jasmine has some of the funniest dialogues in the musical like the comedic value of the song alone is immaculate like yeah (laughs) her voice is not the best it's not bad by any means but it's not like as good as for example like um dylan saunders who plays jafar um but she delivers the song with such comedic like golden value i love it um and i think like the reason probably why she was chosen for this has a lot to do with the fact that she's such a good comedic actress um and obviously the song is more of a nod to part of your world so i think again i agree with you about this as well i like the song for you know how witty it is and how well it capture like captures princess the princess or princess jasmine and also a lot of people in our day-to-day life that behave like this um but in terms of listenership besides the comedic portion of it not necessarily what i would have as my go-to okay okay now we go to send of time the golden rule and the golden rule reprise um so we cut to jafar trying to brainstorm with the rest of the viziers known as the 2d department on what to do with pixar situation um only to discover that they were all executed by the sultan so um jafar throws a tantrum after hearing the news and in the kind of like mess there he discovers a scarab amulet which triggers memories of the last time he saw the necklace so um in the flashback we see a young jafar about to start as an assistant vizier um and citizens have like really high hopes and like like him actually so it's a very sharp contrast from the very first song so during the song he also like reveals his personal motto which is to stay nice and optimistic um and to treat others as you would like to be treated yourself so yeah when he arrives to the palace he sees the current royal vizier and the rest of the kind of like department um who are very very corrupt and only care about the money so what do you think i like it Sense of Time is really short, so I don't really have much to say. It sounds really nice, though, but it was yeah. just so sad that it was so short. Yeah. Um, and The Golden Rule, musically, is so nice. <laughs> I actually really like the song. Yeah. I think the lyrics are nice, too. It's, like, pretty much saying that if you treat others kindly, and they'll do the same for you. So, overall, it's such a positive vibe song, and I really like that. I think it could probably be my favorite song from this Ooh. musical. Nice. I really, I'm really shocked. enjoy it. Really? Why? Yes. I'll talk about my comps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think maybe in this song is the point when I start really liking Jafar. And mm-hmm. before that, um, we don't really, well, first of all, we don't really see him um, after the first song, kind of, because mm-hmm. the second song is Aladdin and third song is Jasmine, right? And he was like more so like he was just not really having a lot of personality in a way. But I feel like in this song, like because he's such a kind person to everyone, it's just so easily likable. Like he's mm-hmm. such a good, pure person and he deserves so much better than basically everything that happened to him throughout the play. And I like how they have like a younger version of Jafar and how he was like very optimistic and he was very enthusiastic as a young man. It kind of reminds me of Sweeney Todd in a sense because how mm-hmm. we see Anthony is also like a reflection of um, Benjamin Barker as a young man. Mm-hmm. And it sets the stage for how he was before, um, before all the tragedy that happens later on. So I really like that aspect of it. And obviously... Oh my god, the reprise is golden. Like 
he has such great vocal is definitely I can see Voldemort in him like in this one and I feel like he Voldemort yeah isn't he the person who plays Voldemort oh the evil one yes the evil one. yes 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 sorry <laughs> yeah I, I already moved on to that one sorry <laughs> I just like it so much and I think this is such a great reprise and especially like lately we've been seeing a lot of like reprises and a lot of the times it's just like one or two lines of the song originally and mm-hmm. they don't really do much to it but this reprise is like musically it sounds different while staying true uh, melody wise to the original song and I like that and it gives you such different vibe as well and I really just like the character too I definitely appreciate that he gets two solos in this musical and has two <laughs> separate characters so that is just brilliant and amazing I love that and uh, this is yeah hands down I think is the best reprises in this probably a lot of the musicals that we've been covering so far probably. and I liked it <laughs> judging from your reaction I feel like you probably don't like it as much but I actually really enjoy it and mm-hmm. yeah I think technically he well in this evil version of course like the message they're trying to communicate is that you if you have the gold if you're rich and you have the money you have the power then you can make the rule so I like what I do to like I guess the word game of the title of the song I like that um and also technically he's not wrong you know like that's just a corrupted system and he's talking about the reality that probably happens to us like every day right now so in a way I feel bad for Jafar for seeing how his ideology just get crushed but at the same time I'm like yeah that's the real world (laughs) (laughs) just to highlight the word game um so the evil reprise for follow the golden rule in the very end the uh evil royal vizier he says like follow the gold end rule and it sounds so close to the golden rule which is what makes it so brilliant that's my favorite part by the way about the the reprise it's so smart with the lyrics the lyrics are genius yeah um so yeah my reaction wasn't because i disliked the song i love the songs i love all the songs in here um uh yeah i'll talk about whatever i'll just say it now i guess but i always assumed that everybody's favorite song would be twisted a, because I'm very short-sighted and it's my favorite song. Um, I'm just going to re- reveal it way ahead, but just because it's so amazing and well done. So that's why I was surprised. Um, but yeah, in terms of like my opinion of, you know, the cluster, the Send of Time portion is my favorite, actually. So obviously, again, I enjoyed the entire, like, the entirety of the three songs slash songlets. Um, and they're all brilliantly done melodically I enjoy Scent of Time the most it just sounds so haunting and beautiful and I could totally see the flashback as it begins to happen like I could anticipate it It, not only from the lyrics but the way that the melody is constructed so I really really liked it but um the actual lyrics again I have to say so clever and literally it gives you whiplash when you remember how everybody reacted to him in the very first song and here because it's so similar to it visually and um even melodically there are a lot of similarities um and that just like gives a sharp contrast which is very very smart decision on their behalf i don't have a lot to say besides this is amazing and it's very 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 well done 
And yeah, I, I actually was going to ask you, so do you have a preference for the actor who played um, Prince Ahmed and also he plays the royal vizier? Um, I believe the actor's name is Joe Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a preference of which character of his you like most? Oh, that's hard. Now that you ask me, <laughs> do you have one? Uh, I really like Prince Ahmed. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good one. It's definitely a good one. I think it's more memorable because he has more screen time in a way. And Mm -hmm. we only see the, we only see him as Vizier. I I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one. And that's it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but he is very convincing. Yes. Very, very good. (laughs) I also like him as the bookshop uh, owner. I thought it was really nice too. I did not um, recognize that, but good to know. <laughs> uh, another one that I was going to ask you is if you have a preference. I don't know the actor's name because I don't think he was in a very Potter musical, um, but it's the same actor who plays the genie. So he also plays Scar and he plays um, the thief that gets the second half of his scarab. So he has a lot of like comedic uh, portions. Do you have a preference for him? I think Scar, probably. Scar? Yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sorry lion king lion king (laughs) um all right so the next song is a thousand and one nights so jafar comes across shahrazade um someone cut off her ear and jafar helps stitch her up so they hit it off and shahrazade tells jafar stories among them the tale of the tiger head cave so it's a tale about a cave containing wonders such as a sentient rug and a gene and a lamp Jafar tries to impress Shahrazad by saying he doesn't believe in sorcery, he's a man of science, and therefore knows the cave doesn't exist. But Shahrazad counters by saying the cave is only visible to those who have the key, which is a scarab, the scarab amulet, and presents him with half of it. So Shahrazad and Jafar um, fall in love, they marry, and at the end of the song, Shahrazad is pregnant, and Jafar's request to see the sultan and discuss the citizens' complaints is finally accepted, and they both rush to the palace to see the sultan. So what do you think? I like how the title of the song kind of calls back to the origin of the Aladdin story, Mm -hmm. so I thought that was quite brilliant. I like it. Musically, it's also very nice. I think mm-hmm. the female vocal is not as good, though, even though the soundtrack is much better. So if you guys listen to the soundtrack, I highly recommend you. You listen to the soundtrack? Yeah, oh I god, do. I'm so pleased. That's how much I like it. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited. Yeah. So after listening to a soundtrack, I feel like my feelings towards this song changed uh, quite a bit so before if I only listened to the like the musical production version and then I'm like eh I don't really feel too much about this Mm -hmm. but once I listen to the soundtrack version I'm like oh my god song is beautiful (laughs) Um, and I think the lyrics in the song are written beautifully Mm -hmm. like they talk about I never care for stories until you enter my oh my god like what a beautiful lie and then like what they do with the story and the plot and how it's a metaphor of their own life is just beautiful and poetic in a way I think bravo star kid this is a really <laughs> good one yeah easily my favorite musical of theirs even though I only watched two yeah but <laughs> and Weirdly enough, they actually have pretty good chemistry on stage mm-hmm. as well. So I definitely see that happening. And I'm like, whoa, the acting is 
actually quite impressive as well because I don't know from a very Potter musical like not saying that they're bad actors but more so because a lot of times they're making a lot of jokes so it's I don't know I I feel like it involves less acting and more like just trying to be comedic Mm. um but this one is just oh my god the emotion in this song is absolutely amazing and I really like it and I like how the idea of like Yago is a gift yeah to Jafar and I'm like oh it completes everything so (laughs) in general I think it is a really good one and I think it adds a lot of humanity to Jafar's character we already see that he's a very kind person and all but like having a family having a love interest and having someone that he cares about on a personal level I think definitely adds that depth into his character a lot more and obviously it's a very sharp contrast to what's about to happen Mm -hmm. and um, yeah all in all I think it makes me like the character a lot more and song itself is just beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah and I agree with you in terms of like having the love interest really works for uh, him here because in the original story Jafar is mainly motivated by ambition and greed Mm -hmm. so you need to find a substitute of you know what motivates him to be in the role and to you know uh, want the lamp because he's the one driving the plot um, in terms of like the whole genie situation right yeah so you really need to find something as a substitute and I think that's a very clever way to make that substitute that isn't about power and greed because I feel like people would be able to connect to it less speaking of chemistry so actually you would recognize them from a very Potter musical but the actor who played Ron and the actress who played Malfoy uh they recently got engaged so congratulations to them yeah (laughs) not sure if you noticed that chemistry when they duetted over Hermione Granger Danger but uh... I did not see it I did not see it that was so funny (laughs) um that is such a classic development oh my god that's so funny it's like you fall in love for the same girl but you end up being together oh my god love it (laughs) Um, so yes, uh, maybe maybe a very Potter musical was steaming with chemistry. We just didn't notice. We didn't focus on the right ones. Um, <laughs> but I agree. They have really, really good chemistry here. I like her vocals. I mean, this, of course, comes with, you know, how after we heard Jasmine. Um, so having that as a comparison makes her a stronger vocalist, in my opinion. And obviously hearing the the playlist they have, like, while well, they had like the professional recording of it also makes it easier to appreciate her vocals but um yeah and apart from that I think the song is so romantic it's so beautiful the way that they had their meet cute which is horrific way to think about <laughs> considering her ear just got cut and he's mending like her ear so she can actually leave live and not like die off of blood loss or something so that's very nice. I'm not sure if you noticed, but um, did he notice the reason why her ear was cut? Because somebody didn't like her face? Yeah. So do you remember the line that they took out in the Arabian Night version? Oh! Yeah. <laughs> is it oh, not brilliant? That is brilliant. Maybe um, it's like a reminder, just in case like if somebody forgot. Yes. Oh, okay, sure. So um, in the original Arabian Night version, one of the original lines that was there in the 1992 version uh, got changed 
from the 1993 version onwards and all the Aladdin related things. And that line is where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face. It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. So um, they change to where the heat is intense or something is immense. It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. So the reason why they changed it is because they came after, like, um, under a lot of, you know, criticism because it's very stereotypical and it paints uh, Arab people in a very dehumanizing way. And here they're lampshading it, making fun of it. Which That's is so brilliant. Is that it not? Is so is brilliant. Not? I did not make that connection at all. Yes. But now that you mentioned it, it makes so much more sense. That's why you watch it a couple of times. Ah, I see, I see, I see. Um, and not sure if you meant if you saw, but they had two foreshadowing within here. So one of the foreshadowing is in Shahrazad's story. So in her story, the reason why you need the two halves of the scarab necklace or amulet or whatever is because these were two lovers that were separated. And um, when they reconnect, the cave uh, is visible with all of its wonders. And that's exactly what happened to Scheherazade and Jafar in the end of the story. And then the other one, she asks if he's a sorcerer and he says, no, he's a man of science. But because she's a storyteller and she's like very knowledgeable and stuff like that, she probably, I don't know, maybe knew or maybe it was just another foreshadowing that wasn't related to that. That Jafar will become a sorcerer. So I loved these two foreshadowings in here. Okay. Okay. Wow. It's amazing how you picked that up. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Good job, Becky. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah. All right. So the next one is If I Believed. So um, the Sultan is introduced and he is clearly very incompetent. Um, He doesn't care at all about the kingdom. He does spot Shahrazad and decides to take her into his harem and away from Jafar. Um, So Jafar tries to protect her, but is beaten by the guards as Scheherazade is whisked away. But um, before she is taken, she convinces Jafar to stay and to try to make the kingdom a better place. Um, And she also gives him the scarab necklace. So Scheherazade dies shortly after, and Jafar now is in the present day, vowing to to find um, the wish-granting jinn in the cave and bring her back. So what do you think? It's such a beautiful but sad song. Yeah. It's really good in terms of the vocal and the music. I think the vocal is just amazing. You can see how he's full of emotion. Because let's not forget, just minutes before his wife was taken away from him, like he was having the best day in his life until one decision and now everything is all gone. Just the emotion that he has in his eyes and just how he is like almost like half crying on the stage with the tears in his eyes just makes me so sad. <laughs> it makes me so emphatic for him at this point. I think this has to be maybe my second favorite. It comes mm-hmm. super close to the golden rule though, but like they give me completely different vibe. Yeah. And I love the use of instrument in this song. Like they have cello, I think, in the background. And I, I love, I love, I love <laughs> cellos. So, so that says a lot about just how much I love the music. Yeah, I can definitely see this song relating to somebody who not necessarily like related to um, like romantic love, but if you lost like a loved one or like a family or something, mm-hmm. it will hit you in the right spot. Yeah, I can definitely see myself singing to the song <laughs> in <Aww>. the shower. 
yeah. or or in a road or. trip <laughs> <laughs> or that yeah or that. but what do you think hmm. this was a little bit of a conflicting song for me because I do not like the first three lines <laughs> um not lyrically or anything just like musically they do not work for me but everything after that I absolutely love it is definitely one of the stronger like songs out there just because like you see Jafar's anguish you see his resolve like he isn't um you know a man of you know magic or anything like that he's a man of reason and science but he has absolutely nothing to hold on to and he's deciding to give it a shot anyway because that's his only chance so I think it's just so heartbreaking and beautiful and it really really goes hard in the end all right so I think you mentioned just now about like oh it will hit you if you lost somebody anybody doesn't have to be romantic club and the next song is all about losing somebody who's not a romantic club (laughs) um it's orphaned at 33 so um jasmine ran away from the palace and is saved by aladdin at the market they hit it off but jasmine is super oblivious to the fact that aladdin is just trying to sleep with her um and he's kind of like trying to garner her sympathy uh, by telling her his tragic backstory of being orphaned at 33 and i know it's supposed to be a comedic song but if you think about it like you never stop loving your parents and needing a parents like it doesn't matter what age you were orphaned at you're still orphaned so that's I, my point yeah yes I completely obviously Aladdin is a douchebag but <laughs> if he sang that song I, to me I would be completely understanding of mental anguish despite the fact that it's obviously fake from him mm-hmm. so yeah what do you think I agree with you um music wise it's actually a really good song I'm actually so (laughs) impressed with the music quality in this musical in general because like I said I didn't really enjoy majority of the Harry Potter musical songs so I don't know I have very low expectation but the songs here are actually so good Mm -hmm. um and I agree with you in terms of like no matter what age you're at like losing your parents is always going to be a really difficult emotional challenge to overcome Mm -hmm. and the way that he delivers it, especially in the soundtrack, like when you don't have to see the acting and everything, it's really convincing in a way that you can feel the grief almost. Like I know the song is supposed to be funny, like you said, but thinking about like how you will feel if you lose your parents, like no matter what age you're at, like I think everyone can agree that it will be hard no matter what. Mm-hmm. So I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's just too bad he's using it as sort of like a um, way to get to Jasmine in a way. And it's such a classic jerk move to sell a very sad and tragic story to attract girls. Um, so too bad you're using the grief in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, I feel like the moment that I realize uh, the song is ruined for me is when later on, can I spoil it here? Oh, I spoiled everything okay. already. So go ahead. Okay, cool. Um, is when I realized that he abandoned his kid in the beginning, and you also learned that he is the one who killed his parents yeah. in the end. And I'm like, oh, the defeatist purpose of the song and completely ruined it for me. But if you don't think about that and you just listen to the song as it is, it's a really good song. And I think I enjoy it musically as well. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. not the fact that he is using it to 
sex. <laughs> 100%. And when you mentioned about the kid, like, I, one of the lyrics here is like, but I make a solemn vow that when I have kids of my own, I'll break the change. Yeah. You already have kids of your own, man. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how you say it's completely insincere. And also, the very beginning of the song is just so full so full of like manipulations is like oh the others couldn't handle it because my story is just too sad it's like obviously obviously everybody will be able to handle it but it's such a common thing that people try to manipulate with like you oh like you would understand you are really special and you can like relate to my tragic black backstory um you can fix it blah 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 and i find that the fact that they're using all the really really common manipulation tactics to make it just so much more obvious than it already is i love that (laughs) yeah i agree i agree um and yeah the song is just like really really funny very comedic I like it Aladdin has a pretty good voice um especially when he does something that is like more rock adjacent rather than just like pure musical theater um and I think it really fits his characteristics so like the vocal style that the actor is like best in suits like the character really well for Jafar as well like Jafar usually goes for like very classical musical theater style I think and it suits him very well and I really like how they cater like the singing style to every single person all right so now we get to the act one closer so uh the last song of act one is happy ending um so the guard finds uh Jasmine and apprehend Aladdin and meanwhile Jafar gets the other half of the of the scarab and can enter the cave to get the lamp so Jafar recruits Aladdin to grab the lamp and promise um, him he can keep the gold for himself. And they each fantasize on their own happy ending as a result of like what they can get from the cave. At the end of the song, Aladdin gets the lamp, but discovers there is a gene inside. So he steals it for himself instead of giving it to Jafar. Um, okay, what do you think? It's a nice song. I like the instrumental change. So there's three parts in this. There's a part where Jafar sings and there's a Aladdin's part and there's a Jasmine part. Mm-hmm. And I like how the instruments changes, especially when it changes from Jafar's to Aladdin. Mm-hmm. I think the ending harmony with it all sing together is really, really good. And I don't know about this being the most powerful ending for act one probably not but it definitely does its job I think it's Mm -hmm. a very it's still a really nice closure to act one and one thing about this song like narratively is that Jafar always kind of insists he's like a realistic person Mm -hmm. and he doesn't believe in like dreams or like magic or like sorcery that sort of thing throughout the entire musical but then in this song it's clear that's not true because you can see that his plan is to quote-unquote make the world a paradise where all its problems are solved. So it's Mm -hmm. definitely very idealistic in that Mm -hmm. sense. And I don't know, like the second that he gets hope back, like he kind of starts planning to make the impossible happen. So I like the small detail about his character like that. So we can see that sort of conflict in Jafar and is paving down a road to later on like the famous twisted song I think um, mm-hmm. so I like that here what about you yeah um as usual I think I really like all the references here so um this one is really really obvious but uh one huge reference here is t- for the wizard and I from Wicked so um literally Jafar kind of copies it almost 
Warfare. entirely yeah. and he says like and one day the genie will say to me Jafar you are a man of such virtue I hate to see how your loneliness and your memories hurt you in literally the same way that um she goes about it in The Wizard and I really like that because obviously the majority of the references are Disney oriented um another thing that I liked is for their personalities in the end like they each sing their signature song so like mm-hmm. I really like that they featured our personalities so, so well here. Musically, it's very, very fun to listen to. I do like the way their voices like meld together, like you said. And it's just such a good way to showcase who they are as people. I am yeah. so impressed. I'm just so Definitely. impressed. All right. So the act two opener. It's no one remembers <laughs> Ackman. <laughs> and it's not a bombastic act two opener but I think it's actually very very smart and fitting in its own way um, even though it's a bit unusual so um, we open with Prince Ahmed returning to his kingdom and preparing it for war um, and essentially just see how his kingdom like receives him when he's back and tells him them about you know everything that happened to him um, so very simple premise to open with what do you think no, he's just so funny. But his character is so irrelevant in a way, but it's just so memorable. Like, if you don't think about the, the whole metaphor of, like, Pixar and Disney, it's just in the original story, too. He's, like, a character, like, nobody really remembers. To be honest, I can't even remember that there was this character until watching this musical. And I'm like, oh, he's that dude. Oh. And, um, yeah, that's how much... It, he didn't really leave an impression on me but I love how they're making him into a character with flesh and blood and personality <laughs> and it's really a great one <laughs> and I love how like all his servants are very supportive right of his relationship with the tiger oh my god <laughs> and this is gonna sound weird but I actually ship him and the guard character a little oh. bit because I can totally see them having some of the funniest, funniest interaction in the world. Because <laughs> he would probably like hold him when he come back from, you know, quote unquote, a war. And then <laughs> and then be like, this is all your fault when he's showing the marks. I can totally <laughs> see that happening. Yeah. And the other thing that, oh my God. So as I was going through the song on YouTube, I saw this comment. And he was saying that something like, Joe Walker hasn't learned that killing people doesn't make them like you. <laughs> it just makes them dead. And I'm oh like, my God. that's golden. That's a brilliant comment. Whoever made know, it. Oh my I God. Know. And I'm like, I feel you. So I wrote it down. And I decided to read it out loud because I can't be the only person hearing it. <laughs> yeah. So all in all, it's a really fun song. It definitely opens up Act 2 with such a good mood for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. The whole thing is just brilliant. It's very, very fun to watch. Like he is just so good at singing and acting and he's just very, very funny. Yeah. Oh, I don't think he's a very good singer personally. Like I I love Joe Walker. I think his vocals are not bad. His his talent, in my opinion, is definitely like acting. I like his dance sequence in To Dance Again. He's super duper good at comedy, but I don't super love his voice. But I love this number for sure. It's so funny. I I, uh, took the opportunity to like look it up. And the exact thing he says that like 
um to the to the comment that was made in youtube on youtube it's like she may not love me yet but i'm willing to bet that once i kill all her people she will and it fits so so well <laughs> whoever made the comment really really deserves like a golden star for sure but yeah i really really like it i like how beloved he is by his people like they're all as he said so supportive and they all clearly love him so much and it's not necessarily like the threat of violence or anything for them because you can see they're truly enthusiastic about him I actually really like that he has such a big part because it makes absolutely absolute sense that like he would have such a big part because he is a prince of a sovereign nation and literally the princess attacked him. So <laughs> I like that they kind of like made it a bigger part for him and uh, the role like Joe Walker executes the role to perfection. So, oh, Another thing, I guess, I love that the pop cultural references in this kingdom are Pixar-centric. So um, <laughs> he's holding yeah, like a, a Woody toy. It makes sense because like obviously Pixar wouldn't do a Disney reference. They would have a Pixar reference and they did give him that. Um, so I thought it was a cute touch. Yeah. All right. So next is the song Take Off Your Clothes. So um, Jafar goes to talk to Jasmine about Aladdin and give her advice. And he tries to like prepare her for ruling the Magic Kingdom. And um, Jasmine says she wants to fix the issues of the kingdom um, by making everyone a princess. But uh, Jafar warns her of guys who will sweet talk her into bed, um, essentially men like Aladdin. And um, his lesson, lesson is interrupted by Aladdin's public display of wealth. Um, which caused chaos and death once again. Um, after that, we cut to Aladdin, whom everyone, including Jasmine and Jafar, recognize instantly. Um, Aladdin goes to visit Jasmine in his prince disguise, quote unquote, uh, which turns Jasmine off immediately because she only really liked him for being poor and having a tragic backstory. And after that, Aladdin breaks the fourth wall and asks the audience or tell the audience his plan to get Jasmine to sleep with him by sending her subliminal messages to influence her. And uh, Jasmine also breaks the fourth wall, um, asking if Jafar could be right about Aladdin, but with reassurance from the audience, who really care and love her, I guess, um, Jafar is apparently wrong, and she does go to on the magic carpet ride with him. And in the end of the song, Jasmine proposes to Aladdin because she realizes he has a lot of money and power and can help her with the war against Pixar. So, what do you think? Yeah, jerk Aladdin. It's very jerk Aladdin. Yes. Um, yeah, I like how the lyrics perfectly fit into a whole new world. Yes. And yeah, musically, it's okay. To be honest, I think it's one of the weaker ones. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I enjoy this song too much on a narrative level because as a woman, it makes me kind of uncomfortable, to be honest. I get it. It's meant to be a joke and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's meant to be funny, but it's just he repeats, like, take off your clothes over and over again in the song. And it just makes me a little bit uncomfortable. But maybe I'm just oversensitive, you know, like maybe some (laughs) people just take it purely as a joke. And I totally respect that. I'm just kind of happy that Jasmine is not too dumb here. So like in the end, she didn't agree to having sex with him. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, yeah, can we not just like look at the stars together? And then Aladdin was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I respect you. Yeah, you know, you know, I respect you. And I'm like, right, of course. You sure do. you do. Sure yeah. you do. <laughs> so, so yeah. But what do you think? 
I enjoyed it again for the references. So I don't know if you were into BuzzFeed again when um probably not. <laughs> no, okay. In like the mid to early 2010s, they had a lot of like articles on Disney stuff in general because I feel like the target demographic really like Disney and I think I'm the target demographic. So, uh they had a lot of like childhood ruining Disney moments. And this is exactly what the song references. So obviously the melody itself is following a whole new world, but the um lyrics are injecting many inappropriate easter eggs from the Disney animated movies. So um he talks about like oh you know the castle tower um that looks a little bit phallic. That's the actual cover from the little mermaid so they inserted into the cover of the little mermaid a tower that looks like a penis um it caused a really big like commotion from people who spotted it it's not very obvious obviously cuz then it would never go through but if you look really really closely at the cover it's there um another thing they have like uh something spelling out sex in the sky that's from the lion king i'm not sure if you've heard yeah. of that one because you like the lion you love the lion king so maybe you have So all that kind of like easter eggs that are actually from the original movies and it actually occurred there. Um so it's very entertaining and the bigger e- the biggest easter egg maybe is pretty much an entire song which is take off your clothes. So there is a scene in Aladdin where it sounds like he's saying take off your clothes to Jasmine and this is like literally the entire purpose of the of the song and they just found a way to include it in there through the subliminal messaging like angle. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really really entertaining if you're into like that kind of stuff. Um all right. So as I mentioned before, I already spilled the beans and the next song is my favorite song. It's Twisted. So we cut to Jafar warning the sultan about um Prince Ahmed who arrived at the Magic Kingdom with his army. The sultan informs him of Aladdin and Jasmine's engagement and is confident Aladdin will save the day. Um and Jafar reveals Aladdin's true identity but Aladdin falsely accuses Jafar of being a sorcerer who brainwashed everyone to believe him. So the sultan is convinced by Aladdin's, you know, lie and gets the guards to capture and execute Jafar, but Jafar manages to escape. Before escaping, Jafar steals the lamp from Aladdin and ponders what to do now, save the kingdom or his reputation. And at the end of the song, Jafar chooses to save the kingdom at the expense of his reputation. So what do you think? Yeah, the part when they <laughs> all believe that Jafar is a sorcerer like honestly is so sad, but mm-hmm. for me is like on another level almost. Oh. Is it just means that if you already don't like somebody or like if you already don't have a lot of trust in someone, it's just so easy for you, you know? So convenient mm-hmm. for you to believe that oh you really are a bad person and then justify like my dislike of you. And I feel <laughs> it's just so realistic to the point that it just makes me a little bit sad because mm. you can see like nobody really appreciated him from the beginning. So that's why when somebody like Aladdin so random just out of nowhere accuse him for being a sorcerer, like everybody else just believe it, just fall for it. And obviously they have to for the plot to go on, but like at the same time it's like it's just so convenient for them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the song itself, like to be honest, I know you say this is your favorite song and trying to not to trash it too much. Oh, you can. You I can. don't want to trash it too because musically there are some parts I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not entirely to my liking. I think the beginning of it sounds really nice, but 
the song is also kind of segmented into way too many pieces as they kind of slowly introduce the different villains from different story. And I like that aspect of it, but it just drags on the song for quite a long time. And you know how I'm never really a big fan of messy songs. Mm. So although I do like the singing part, I think it's very catchy, but because it has like way too much talking in between. So for me, it's very hard to like it as a whole song but narratively it's very interesting to see all the villains from all the Disney movies and how they all have their own reason or motivations or backstory to justify or to explain what happened to the other side of the story that we all know so for example like Scar because I love liking so much and I'm like (laughs) you have a like I don't know maybe they just come up with something random but I think for um the little little mermaid story it's actually something that was included in the original story but it was cut out really I think so. So I think what she was saying was true. Obviously, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that was part of the original story. But it I'm was shook it. the scenes were cut out. And that's why. I'm shook it. <laughs> yeah, I think the sorry, going back to the music of the song, I think the last part when he sings alone and when he finally makes the decision of be like, I will sacrifice my own reputation as a person mm-hmm. in to for the greater good of mm-hmm. everybody else, for the good of the people, for the kingdom, whatever. I think that part is really nice. It moves me both musically and acting wise. It gives me so much wicked vibe, <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Um, and yeah, like the vocals are amazing. I love the details that they put into the villains telling them their own story. Um, yeah, so overall, I just really like all the crossovers and references to Disney in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I really, really, really like the song. So it is my <laughs> favorite. I can see what you mean. Like, I understand it's probably not to your liking for a number of reasons. Um, they're, you know, a lot to do with personal tastes, especially. But um, you have really a few good really points there. And I agree it does drag on to be, a, mm, I guess, a longer song than most um and it does go back and forth between like Jafar alone Jafar and Disney cast and then Jafar alone again so there is something there for sure um that being said so it's a really really strong song not only because it flexes all the actors singing ability in particular um we already talked about Ursula and the actress Jamie Lynn who uh plays her who sounds amazing um I love love um uh what's his name Gaston's Mm, verse I can definitely see that (laughs) right it's so beautiful when he says like but the heart wants what's once and sometimes what once is twisted he sounds immaculate beautiful yeah so it flexes all the singing abilities from actors that you don't necessarily hear sing all that much you don't necessarily get a solo so the actor who plays Scar for example plays many roles here but he doesn't really have a lot of singing in them Mm -hmm. um so I like that aspect Jafar that's his emotional climax for sure it's very very moving I like cross that I love the callback (laughs) when he says like I'll never be a hero for the citizen that the citizens adore something so Mm -hmm. he's saying it like in happy ending when he like opened that song so it's a call back to that it was really 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 beautiful I am totally moved 
by the acting that the actor does uh, playing Jafar. He sounds beautiful. It's very, very catchy. Um, so for me, it's hitting all the boxes. Like it's really, really well done. Um, all right, so the next song is The Power in Me. So we cut to Prince Ahmed threatening the kingdom in a moment reminiscent of when he played Voldemort in a very Potter musical saying like Harry's dead. I don't know if you caught that too. Um, so Jasmine is confident Aladdin can destroy the army, but Aladdin bails on her. Um, and instead, Jafar saves the day by first wishing to be Sultan so he can destroy the army with his second wish, which is to be the most powerful sorcerer. And um, he uses the power to eviscerate Ahmed's army. So after that, we cut to Aladdin preparing to flee the kingdom. But before managing to do that, he is spotted by Jasmine and and is pressuring her to have sex with him. But Jasmine refuses him for good as Jafar walks in. So Aladdin takes the princess hostage and Jafar begs Aladdin to let Jasmine go. Um, And when talking about how much he loves Jasmine as a daughter, he realizes that Jasmine is actually his daughter and not the sultan's because his wife was pregnant and the sultan is impotent, which is um, when the sultan was introduced, he made like a joke about inverting or like his penis or something so he's not able to have children and that joke paid off I guess so Jafar tries appealing to Aladdin's family love and discover we discover that Aladdin actually has a split personality and he is the one who killed his own parents when they asked him to move out and get a job so we get like two twists in like two minutes um so Jafar agrees to trade the lamp for the princess, but makes his final wish first, which is to exchange places with a jinn so he would be free and Jafar would be a jinn instead, preventing like Aladdin from making any more wishes. Um, Jafar gives Jasmine the lamp and asks her to make wishes that are strong and will improve the kingdom. And Jasmine wishes like to end the war with Pixar uh, peacefully the kingdom to have a sultan that would make um, it the happiest place on earth again and for Jafar to have every happiness. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? So going back to Aladdin, I think Ooh, okay. his um, acting as to completely different personality was so amazing. I was actually shocked when that scene happened. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then I realized that he has split personality and I'm like, oh, twist (laughs) all right (laughs) i guess it goes back to to the title for sure anyways oh that is oh my god you just blew my mind why oh you never oh you didn't think of it no (laughs) (laughs) that makes so much more sense oh my god okay never mind my mind has just been blown continue yeah (laughs) anyways um so i like that part i was actually really amazed by his acting and in terms of the song the power in me the relationship between jasmine and jafar is actually so nice here i like how they've kind of paved it a little bit bit by bit from the beginning of the musical and it kind of seems like they have a rather friendly relationship and then he was more like a father figure and obviously in the end we learned that oh my god you're actually the father and it makes so much more sense but even if he's not a true dad it just yeah it's very hard did you see it coming see. no actually okay <laughs> did you no, and I felt really dumb for not seeing it because they yeah, like, pretty much spelled it out for us. But yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, 
that make yeah that makes so much more sense how did i not see this but yeah. i know <laughs> yeah um and it's very heartwarming especially when she says that she wishes him his happiness and then he says that it's done and then yes. to me it means that seeing her accomplish all this and just being there with her makes him happy already mm-hmm. so he is already happy and it just oh my god makes me miss my dad <laughs> it's a very very emotional and sweet song in that sense musically to be honest i don't think i like it too too much um there are some parts in it that sound quite nice but yeah. overall i think as a song if it's not the best from mm-hmm. this musical um but it just because of the scenes in this song like it totally makes up it I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, A hundred percent. And also I feel like we should mention that before she wishes him every happiness, she asks him not to leave. Yeah. And he says he can't do that. But how did it make sense? Because I should like, because he could free the previous Ginny, but then why can't Jasmine use her wish to free him? Because I don't think she, she phrased it as I want to, I want you free. (sighs) Okay yeah um okay yeah but I agree it doesn't make the most most sense but I felt the need to like say it because you can see she truly wants a relationship with him and you do see that there is a progression so a moment that I really really loved is when uh Jafar goes to her room and tries to like give her advice and coach her on like how to run the kingdom Mm -hmm. um he's like oh you tried poisoning my wine and usually when you poison my wine you want to you want to (laughs) talk yeah I thought it was so sweet and she like acted so petulant like a child then she's like oh don't go I actually do want to talk and it was adorable oh my (laughs) god um so yeah the relationship is actually very very sweet and though this music is not necessarily the best in the show the beautiful heartwarming heartwarming moments definitely make it for me yeah it's really really cute all right and for the very, very last song, we have the finale, which is A Thousand and One Night Reprise. Um, so after Jafar leaves the Sultan's concubines and forms J- Jasmine, he is dead. Um, and therefore, she's the new Sultan. Ahmed's artillery blew open a secret vault in the palace with a ton of gold, which um, Jasmine uses to buy Pixar and asks Ahmed to get his people to help restore the kingdom and bring back the 2Ds. That didn't happen in real life, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not salty about it. Nope. And finally, we um, she makes everyone a princess and everybody's equal. So um, we cut to Jafar inside his lamp, who is surprised by Shahrazad, who informed him um, that by following the golden rule, Jasmine ushered the kingdom into a third golden age and lead the kingdom to prosperity. Um, And we also see Aladdin became the merchant we see in the beginning of the movie. Um, and kind of like inverts the story to make himself the hero and Jafar the villain, which totally makes sense until he dies at the age of 55 by a thief who kills him over a loaf of bread, poetic justice. And at the very end, Jafar and Shahrazad live happily ever after. So what do you think? Inside the lamp. Inside the lamp, yes. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Um, The finale only has two lines, so honestly, I really don't have much to say. Can I just say, though, I love when like the 
captain, like the guard captain, when he <gasps> insists that he was going to be referred as the princess. Oh, I thought, okay, I thought you were going to oh. say this is like when he says this is all Jafar's fault for all the good things that happen. Oh, no, 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 that too, that too. And I think <laughs> it was such a brilliant moment, but I just also loved the yes. point when he was like, Am I not the princess? And, and like, he's oh genuinely God. offended. He's like, I am the princess. <laughs> so adorable. So adorable. I know. Oh my God. I love the guard so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, for me, it stood out when he said like, this is all Jafar's fault just because like, it's a running joke with him. Every time he shows up, he always says, this is all your fault. So yeah, I really like that. In terms of everything that happened, again, I love that it was foreshadowed earlier on that like, oh, you know, the cave with all the wonder and treasure will appear once the two lovers are reunited, which is Mm -hmm. what happened. Everything that happened already was foreshadowed in like other scenes. So it just closes it so well. Um, All right. So you want to start with your final thoughts? Yeah, I have to say this one totally, totally surprised me. And in a good way, I, like I said, I came into this with very minimal expectation, but I think the music, the production, the acting, everything, it just goes way beyond my expectation. And I am really pleasantly surprised by all of this, especially the music. I feel like the music quality in this production is just really, really good. And they have actually a lot of really good songs in this one. So that's why I go back to listen to the soundtrack. And if you haven't seen it or you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend you to. Um, Yeah, I think it's extra interesting because we just talked about Aladdin. So coming right out of that, everything is still very fresh and I get a lot of the jokes kind of from the original. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you probably wouldn't necessarily have the same effect on me if we totally did not see Aladdin first. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Becky. It was a very good idea. No um, worries. Yeah, in general, I think they did a really good job like justifying or like explaining Jafar's side of the story. Like his character is pretty well developed. It's not bland. Um, obviously, there's a lot of funny moments or like the comical elements into this musical and I like I like it about that I think their production is just known for just being very straightforward and that's the fun of it so Mm -hmm. I enjoy it very very much Mm -hmm. um and it gives me similar vibe to Wicked for sure so Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good compliment (laughs) yeah for sure And, and yeah so that's me I really liked it what about you um so yeah I definitely needless to say really really like this one it just so well done everything is so clever if you're a big fan of Disney you are going to have a field day the first time I actually watched it uh I didn't see or listen to Wicked and I feel like revisiting it for this episode after watching Wicked Live and going really really into the soundtrack and having a mild obsession with it (laughs) also kind of like helped me get a better understanding of the musical and have a new appreciation for it and I just love how clever it is how it lets all the minor characters shine a lot every single minor character has a purpose all the jokes are very very clever um the music in here is very good I like that it has really intense emotional moments which make the comedic scenes which is obviously the the majority of the musical it's a musical comedy even more hard-hitting and impressive and give the entire production more memorable, um, I don't know, sheen in my heart at least. Mm -hmm. So I really, really enjoyed it. 
So before we give our final scores, um, we have a quiz. I hope you didn't start the quiz because no. I, okay, good. I waited this time. <laughs> that is good because um, the first question has a lot of acronyms, and I didn't want to throw you <laughs> into it without any preparation. So um, the quiz is which twisted character are you, and it's from Quo TV or something. Um, it's called like the website is quote and then v dot com, um, and the very first question is which is your favorite star kid musical so for you you have two options which is avpm which is a very popular musical or twisted you and know my answer for obviously sure. <laughs> i know your answer so uh i'm going to pick a very potter musical just because the first i watched i really like harry potter but twisted definitely comes very actually no a very potter sequel is what i'm going to pick um next one is what's your favorite color the options are yellow, blue, pink, green, orange, black, like my soul. I don't have a favorite color. Every color, red and purple. I don't have a favorite color. Uh, for me, it's blue. What age do you have the best memories from? So options are 6 to 10, 11 to 15, 16 to 20, 21 to 25, 26 to 30, and 31 plus. Obviously, two of them won't apply to us, but I'm going to say um, 21 to 25. Okay. Um, I obviously like 11 to 15 and 6 to 10. Like, I like my childhood. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But uh, I feel like the few last few years are also pretty good. Um, I'm going to put 11 to 15. Okay. So if you could have any pet, what category would it fall under? So a human-like animal, which is monkey, apes, chimpanzees, gorillas. Um, the next is the moon. You also want to live in, <laughs> live on it and eat it in a pie and wear it as a gemstone in your hair. Um, and this was from Jasmine's um, uh, Jasmine song. Um, an animal that would tear your face off if they weren't trained, tiger, lion, jaguar, etc. A sea animal like fish, turtle, shark, whale, already domesticated, cat, dog, bunnies, etc. I'm going to go boring and choose cat dogs and bunnies. Me too. Though I'm very intrigued by the moon. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is your favorite non-Star Kid musical out of these? Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen, I Don't Watch Other Musicals, Be More Chill, Matilda, Mean Girls, Wicked, Phantom of the Opera, Cats. I'm going to choose Phantom of the Opera. I was, I'm really struggling between Wicked and Phantom. Me um, too, me too. Uh, I, I guess I have to go with Phantom. All right. What did you get? I got Jafar, that ugly oh. old vizier. Many people think you're a bad person, but really you have much more compassion and kindness than regular people. You're a natural leader and you hold those dear to you very, very close to your heart. You have a hard time letting other people in, but once they're in, you don't hold back around them. You mostly keep your emotion hid from the world and don't like showing even your best friend or family how you're really feeling. You're a legend, though. I am also most like Jafar, so that's a fun. That's so that's fun, I guess. That's cute. Okay. Wow, that's a really long description. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I got Sherazad. Oh, okay. Yeah. People might think of you as just the person who's there to make the main character show love or something like that, but really you're crucial to the storyline of life. Okay. Oh. I appreciate that. All right. Oh, that's very short compared to. I guess it's because like they're also most like Jafar, so they want to. Oh, there are like a it. couple more lines, but like 
It's okay. Tell, 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 tell. Read the mind. Oh, it's like you're powerful and strong-minded. You don't mind doing something that's better for the other people as a whole, even if it means that you're going to suffer, and that's it. Aw, that's cute. Um, I don't know if it's very accurate to me. Yeah, I don't think you, so. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate the long response and also for this one which is really fun they have the total results of all the people who took it and the most common one to get is the princess so jasmine after that's shahrazad then it's aladdin and i feel really bad for the suckers who got aladdin then it's the monkey which is somehow even worse interesting i know right then jafar then the sultan and then what's his name again which i'm guessing is ahmed (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So time for our final rating. All right. So drum rolls. I'm going to give it eight out of 10 tiger marks. <laughs> tiger marks. Okay. <laughs> Is it because you don't want to say the actual name of what's his name again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very nice of you. Um, okay. So I'm going to give it for a musical. I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. Uh, it's all your fault, Jafar. But for a musical comedy, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Nice. So yeah, I, I would go for eight for a musical in general. But musical comedies, I think, are very difficult to make work. Like Book of Mormon, for example. I think it's much better than Book of Mormon, which is another musical uh, comedy. So I think for that, it's like a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did a, an amazing job so yeah that's our final thoughts about twisted uh, i think we both enjoyed this episode a lot if you have anything you want to share with us about the episode um if you want to have an intense debate me- with me about like the golden ages of disney always <laughs> here for you please contact me <laughs> i'd love to hear it and you can do that by uh you know, talking to us on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Reddit at Podway Podcast, or you can email us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.